Hello, you're listening to the How to CEO Show. I'm your host, Murray Newlands. When you decided to become a CEO, the world changed. You can either build a phenomenal company or you can crash and burn. In this show, we talk about the issues CEOs face, as well as interview people about what, how they can educate CEOs about everything they need to know to grow amazing companies. Today, I'm honored to be and excited to be here with Will, Will Decker from Plug and Play. Will, thank you for joining us. Oh, my pleasure, Marino. It's great to be on the show, share my story a little bit with the listeners and what I've learned through working with our community. So if people want to connect with you, how do they do that? Oh, LinkedIn, very active there, William Decker. Search for Plug and Play, uh, you'll find me. I'm also on Twitter. Um, anyone out here has got a question, go ahead and shoot me a note. And for those that don't know already, uh, what is Plug and Play and what do you do here? Plug and Play is the world's largest global innovation platform. And the mission is to progress industries through connection and innovation. Uh, you know, most people know Plug and Play as the most active early stage investor in Silicon Valley. Um, but we also work with more than 300 large companies in their innovation activities. Uh, and we have more than 16 open industry platforms that are driving industries forward, usually by deeply understanding the needs uh, of our corporate partners and then connecting them with new ideas and solutions from startups uh, and just a various number of activities that all drive these ideas uh, and technologies into the marketplace, transforming these industries faster. Um, and now operating over 33 locations worldwide and growing. Uh, it's just an incredible way that big companies can engage with the startup community and that startups can can grow and scale their own businesses. Okay, so what do those C-level executives need to know about how they can work with startups to create innovation? We only have 20 minutes, right? So right. yeah, there's a couple things, right? And there's a spectrum. It starts off with having a really clear vision around the problem you're trying to solve, right? So unless you can articulate the, the core strategy that you have as your business, whether that's a purpose-led statement, something about your mission, you know, what you're trying to accomplish as an organization, um, then it goes from, okay, what are the specific areas that it, you know, build versus buy? What is the specific area where we think there's already a solution, someone out there is already building it, we can get faster to market, we can find a great, better solution that's more nimble, um, and then once you do that and you articulate a key area, uh, then you can engage with the ecosystem. Now that's just the start. Um, after that, you really need to set up a whole culture around working with companies that are not within your four walls. So this could be impacts to procurement and how you onboard new companies. It has to do with testing very quickly and having environments set up to test. Um, and usually where it ends up is you focus on speed. So how good are you at an organization in going from an idea to launching that within your company and for your customers? Um, it's fantastic if you can do that really, really quickly. It gives you a lot of nimbleness and future proof in the industry. So that's, that's the primary activities. Usually the output, you're becoming customers of startups, you're co-developing ideas, you're investing, you're acquiring, you're doing a lot of these types of activities with the startup community. So that's great in theory. In practice, how do you do that really well? And who is doing that really well? Well, we've been fortunate to be on a journey with a lot of different companies. And frankly, Plug and Play has learned a lot as well, right? So the roots of the company, 
and our CEO founder, our very own CEO founder, family run business, right? They had a lot of different non-tech businesses um, earlier on in our company's history. And we kind of landed here by trying lots of different models. Um, and the one that worked back then and still works today is what plug and play calls the deal flow session. And this is a very targeted curated matchmaking between a problem area for a particular company, large fortune 100 company, global company with the startup ecosystem. So bringing that together, having a very focused session meeting for, you know, at least 30 minutes in getting to know the different companies, the large companies start up together, very, very critical. Um, but what we've learned over the years is a tremendous amount in terms of making those uh, effective and productive for all different parties. So, so what are the key things for making those meetings effective? So, so the key things, but also the journey we've been on with some of our partners, for example, Mars, um, great example, Gary Aurora out there, Shout out to Gary. He's just been phenomenal in building this capability within Mars that is an internal launch pad is the name of it. Um, and they started through these sessions, but have really grown. And now they've nurtured a very large ecosystem that Mars plays in across their categories, um, including in pet care around what they've done with kinship. A ops, go check it out. It's just an amazing effort around data for your pets, for the pet owners, and just getting all the information around that. Um, and a lot of support for the startup ecosystem in building solutions around that environment. And Gary's been able to, under this global launchpad team, really play into that space. And then the success of that has launched these, has been able to launch or support these other initiatives that they had. So definitely, uh, I think one of the things that they did right um, was they, they tried to find very focused areas to work on initially, get some of those wins, see those see those individual deal flow sessions lead to um, actual projects and proofs of concept. But what would set them apart, I would say, is they learned a lot from that and institutionalized it. So how can we do that not one time, but a hundred times, right? And that's when you really start to make the structural changes in organization um, and truly get value as, as a CEO or as a leader in your innovation activity. And so what team did they build in order to carry that out? Was that led by the CEO, by business unit leaders, by product managers, corporate innovation? Who was engaged with that? The CDO um, and the C-level execs, you usually have to have the board level executive. A lot of the stuff they look for are things that really set their customer experience apart um, from, from the industry. And you have to get you have to really invest in capabilities around the infrastructure, right? So if you do that right, if you've got an environment, like I said, that you can have some technology solution, do a quick test and get very early results, right? This is in the startup community, usually when that meets the executive large, you know, large business community, timing is the friction point. The startup's moving by days, the larger companies moving by months, quarters, years, so when you bring those two together, the mechanisms you build as a leader that can get very quick response times are crucial. So can you test something in two weeks and get that done in a yes or no? Fantastic. That's usually your chief digital officer. That could be your chief technology officer. There's usually a play there. We are seeing that it used to be these skunk works innovation groups and teams. Those could kind of bubble up into a chief innovation officer. That's a little bit more popular now. 
Um, but having a dedicated group around innovation, everything from core, adjacent, disruptive, that's all working on this has seemed to be the trend um, and very impactful when you're looking at the board and thinking about, you know, what are we doing for innovation? What's, what's going to disrupt us down the road? What are the risks related to it? All those questions you need to ask as a C-level exec or a board, that's getting served for you and your company through this innovation team. And what have, what have you seen, uh, you've been with, with Plug and Play a while now, what have you seen that mean for the startups? A uh, world of opportunity. I mean, honestly, it's, it's been able to move industries forward more quickly. With the launch of a lot of these digital native brands across categories, of course, the more well-known ones and the, and the one that coined the phrase Bonobos, Warby Parker, etc., Plug and Plays, um, you know, supporting and helping from cashmere companies like Nautum to hair dye with Madison Reed. Um, there's a lot of brands and products that launch first online and then look to grow, then grow really fast, but then look to continue to grow and expand and engage with their consumers and potential consumers in different ways, um, which has caught the interest of folks like Procter & Gamble in building out capabilities uh, for innovation with things like their their PNG ventures. Really, really good group. Lee Radford and Alan Goldstein, we work with them. Um, they're looking for that next billion dollar household brand and category. So being more intentional. And what that does for the startups is it means that they now have access to industry leaders, their insight, and potentially some of the resources. So not just capital. Of course, it's great. I've been an entrepreneur founder. It's great to get paid for your work and proof for concepts, and you should. Uh, there might also be other things that people can help with, whether that's things, you know, clinical trials, access to distribution, you know, partnership through negotiation with suppliers. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other resources that these large companies offer startups, particularly when they're in the get big fast modes. When you're looking at growth, right, these large industry folks are uh, tremendously valuable. And how can a, a startup CEO uh, prepare themselves to work with these enterprises and what do they need to know about that process? Yeah, it's, you know, learn by doing, right? Going through that process is, is, is uh, you know, uniquely uh, uh, an experience you've got to do, but some, some tips and tricks and some hacks just from my own experience. Know that not every large company is going to have a fast track like onboarding procurement system, right? There will be periods of time that you're gonna have to go through and cycle just around the paperwork in being an outside vendor to a large company. Um, number one. Number two, um, really get a sense of who you're dealing with within the business. Um, finding the right person in the business, something that plug and play really is good at and connecting those folks. Um, so if you're a startup, who are you talking to the other side of the table? Do they have line of sight across the different businesses? Are they gonna hand you off to someone and are they just a connection point? You know, all of those are valuable that they speak to speed. If it's the right person with the right project and the right funding, things can move a lot quickly. If they have executive C-level buy-in and support for working with outside solutions, great. Um, if not, then you just gotta set your own expectations around the timing that this might be a six, 12, 18 month relationship and are you okay farming and investing in that kind of time for you know, to be able to work with that large company or do you need to focus elsewhere? Now, uh, the company I, I work for, Commerce AI, we're part of Plug and Play. 
Um, and I would say that you've been um, an amazing part of our company's journey. I'm not sure we could be where we are without you guys. So definitely give you guys a plug there. One of the things that, uh, that we've been able to do uh, that I, I would have thought a lot, not a lot of startups would have thought about doing is we managed to work with you with companies internationally. Um, talk about that, both from a international company looking to uh, access uh, Silicon Valley talent as well as Silicon Valley startups looking to how, how do they expand globally uh, within an ecosystem such as plug and play? Yeah, plug and play now has one of the largest global innovation platforms, more than 33 locations worldwide. And we absolutely see startups that come into our programs, use it to get into markets they aren't today. Um, I love talking to founders who say they're going to follow their customers into those markets, right? And that's the way they're going to have the market entry strategy. Um, that makes total sense. So we've had unicorns come and pitch to be into our programs because, for example, they're not in Europe yet and they see the plug and play community, which has these industry players um, around these specific themes and topics all ready to go, wanting to work with people over the next three months, it's an incredible landing spot into, you know, not just a city, but an entire region. Uh, and on the flip side at plug and play, we love it when technologies like Commerce AI have these horizontal applications across industries and geographies, because you really can get the most out of our programs by coming in and working with the different industries. We have over 16 industry programs, but then across all of our different areas worldwide. And so uh, how do you see this uh, evolving? What, what, are, what are the next stages for this? Is there going to be more virtual programming? Is there going to, are there going to be, uh, how are you going to uh, increase the integration with uh, major corporates? What is the, what's the future for this? There's always our core growth, right? So plug and play is always looking for new industries to go into. And to do that, first, we really need, we know there's great solutions out there. We really need a set of founding corporate partners that are all aligned and ready and willing to work with that outside external ecosystem. That's the magic. We look for that. And as soon as it's there, we move. Um, adding more locations too. Communities are great. We source startups from all over the world. So if you've got a great idea, come and let us know. Um, but then we bring them into these hubs where we have that corporate community established. Uh, I think the evolution besides growth really is our own digital transformation. So looking at building our own tools and the way reimagining the way that we work and plug and play works and the systems work uh, and the relationships in a digital world. Uh, we also are finding that offering new solutions like University 165, which is a you know, very targeted corporate innovation or venture capital you know, education series, you know, offering services like that become more and more important. Uh, I think that we're just gonna keep focused on what types of activities support connecting and progressing these industries um, by, by bringing together the corporates and the startups. So what are the mis common mistakes that you see CEOs on both sides making? Uh, so common mistakes, you know, we, we can build that, right? We can build that. If you're thinking that's great, we can build that. That's something that we're not gonna outsource. The only time that's not a mistake is really when that IP is strategic. If there's a strategic business 
you know, moat or something that you need to create around a business process, fine, own that. But if it's not, just don't, you know, like it's just not worth the complexity and the operational overhead, find some great partners, do the buy, lease, like just, just don't go down that path. That num number one, and that's a huge transformation depending on the industry. Uh, if you're a founder, you're a CEO, and you're just used to doing things yourself, it can be a really big challenge. Um, but try it, you know, find some successes there and then do more of that. You're, you're going you're gonna to move ideally into more of an ecosystem model, which I think, you know, there's a lot of research supporting that that's going to be a future model. Um, other things is analysis paralysis. So a lot of times, you know, large companies in particular, you will research and over-research a lot of issues, problems, opportunities, and strategies for months to years before you act. Act sooner, right? If there's a way you can test something earlier quickly and get some feedback, some real world learnings, and then adapt or pivot, great, do it. So speed refining is something that's a real common struggle, but th those are certainly two on the top of the list. And uh, we talked about some success stories. What are some other success stories that you would like to highlight or people you think are doing this really, really well? Yeah, so Bob Graham is CIO over at BevMo. He's been involved in our you know, programs um, since for, for many years. I think he just, he does great. When I talked about being fast, he's fast. If he sees a new idea in technology, he can bring into the stores to serve their customers and their store associates, like he does it. You know, he just, he works with the entrepreneurs, he gets the technology in the stores, they try something and check. So just phenomenal. I think having that kind of mindset of we're just gonna do it and figure it out um, and make something work is, is great. Um, other folks, when they've tied the innovation activity to a strategic goal for the, for the business, that's helped a lot too. Because if you can create that link, what that means is after you do a test and it works, then you can scale, right? Because you've proven the value, you know it links to something strategic you want to accomplish as a business. Once you've proven that value, boom, you're off to the races. Um, so those are two, some two other case studies I thought were interesting. Excellent. I think that's a really good uh, place to finish it. Any other final comments? No, just excited to talk about this topic. It's one that's near and dear to my heart. So if, if folks really are interested, they want to learn more about how CEOs are thinking about innovation or working with startups, reach out to Plug and Play. Well, thank you very much. I'm your host of the How to CEO podcast. Uh, please subscribe, please share. Thank you very much for being part of the show and I'll see you next time.